Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. That's it, one word, called, a brand new series called, called. It's so odd to say that. It's weird. Hmm? Yes, yeah, C-A-L-L-E-D, called, right? We're called into something. And if you were with us last week, we touched a little bit about Psalm 1, right? Do you remember? Yeah. And Psalm 1 talked about, anyone? Psalm 1 is about a tree being planted by the rivers of life that will bring forth its fruit in whatever season. Its leaves without wither, it will flourish. Yeah. So if you didn't know Psalm 1, hopefully you listened last week. Maybe not. <laughs> All right, so I want us to just continue to build upon what God is doing in our life, in our church, in our community. And really, you know, it would be pointless to continue the same exercise without getting a result, right? No one wants to do the same thing. That's what the definition of insanity is. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing but expecting different results. So if you continue to do the same thing and you hope that something else comes out of it and nothing else is happening, well, technically you're insane. That's the truth. Because if you want transformation, if you want change, you have to initiate something in order to get a different result. If you're not happy with the result you're getting, change what you're doing, you'll get a different result. Right? So as we want to talk this morning, I have a message entitled, Call to Transform, right? Call to Transform, because no one wants to stay still. The reality is that change is all around us. Whether you realize it or not, everything changes. You've changed from yesterday to today. You got a bit older. No one wants to hear that, but it's true. You're heading somewhere. Your life changed, you got new information, and it might be incremental, it might be so small that you don't actually notice it, but change has occurred. The only constant in our world is change. That's it. That's the only thing that will remain the same, that change. And it's ironic because change and the same seem to be in opposite directions, but that's the reality of life. The only thing constant in our world is change, but we have to be able to transform into what God has called us to, right? So, I want you to turn to your neighbor again and say, do you know what you're called to do? Do you? You know, I know that all of us are called to significance. Do you realize that? All of us have been called to be significant in this world. We are called to make a difference. And maybe that resonates in your spirit, you know, to make some change in this world. You didn't just get born to just exist and die. You were brought into this world to make a significant contribution, whether to your family, to your community, or to the world. All of us have been given something to contribute to this world. We are just not something that just comes in and disappears, but there has to be some contribution that comes into your world. You matter. Your life matters. Your significance matters, and therefore what you bring into this world to or contribute to this world has to be important. Right? Are you with me? Yeah. Yeah. And maybe some of you are thinking, well, I don't know what I'm called to do. 
right? A lot of times, especially as Christ followers, we, we believe in Christ, we follow Christ, but then we're struggling with, what am I really called to do? What am I supposed to be doing in this world? You know, believe it or not, God has called every single one of you. He's called you because he made you. And because he made you, he created in you a purpose. Now, some of us might not discover what that purpose is. It might take years. It might take centuries. Hopefully not. You'll be dead by then. <laughs> but you're called to significance. Every single one of us. You know? But to find out what we are called to do is probably the struggle. Because some of us might not understand that, might not realize it. We might be distracted. We might find things in other places. But all of us have been called by God. And here's what I want you to understand. What you are is as important as what you do. What you are is as important as what you do. Right? And I want to encourage you with some scriptures. And they come from Paul's letter. You know, he writes this to the church at Ephesus. When he writes this, he's actually in prison. It's about 61 AD, and he's beginning to talk to the church. He wants to encourage them because so much of the church sometimes just lapses into lethargy. We just lapse into things that we just go through routines in life. Oh, I guess it's work Monday, so I get up on Monday, and Friday, I guess it's time to relax. And then we go through the same thing week after week with the same routine. But there's more to that than just a routine, right? You realize that, right? That life is more than a routine. Life has significance. And so Paul wants to write to the church and he wants to encourage them as I, mean, I want to encourage you this morning to discover what God has called you to do. Right? And I want to go deep down. We want to talk about that psalm as well. And we want to start with the roots because if you know anything about a tree, and it's incidentally, Vanessa talked about this in the offering message. She talked about her mandarin tree. But for the mandarin tree to produce fruit, it has to have good roots. If you don't have a solid foundation, you can't produce fruit. So it's important that we start and we build this, this walk with God, our purpose with God, what we're called to do right at the bottom because the roots are so important. The reality is that you don't even see the roots. But without great roots, you will never have good fruit. Roots are important. So Paul is writing this to the church. And he says in Ephesians 4, he says this, Therefore... I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. Everyone repeat after me. A life worthy of your calling. Come on. A life worthy of your calling. Right? For you have been called by God. He is saying this clearly. And in fact, I want, you to, I want to emphasize this. He says... I, a prisoner of the Lord, serving the Lord, beg you, beg you, right? He's not saying, well, it's a suggestion. He's saying, I'm earnestly pleading with you. I'm begging you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have already been called by God. This is not in dispute. You have been called by God. That's a fact stated 100%. The question is, are you willing to be, live a life worthy of your calling? The second statement is written in stone. You are called by God. But are you living a life worthy of your calling? That's in question. You know, so the statement is true. You have been called by God. Turn to your neighbor and say, you have been called by God. 
tell them, you have been called by God, right? This is not in dispute. And maybe for some of you, this resonates with you. You know, you are created for a reason. You're here on purpose. You're not an accident. You understand there's, there's something significant in you that you have to contribute, that you have to bring to light. Some idea, something that's been stirring within your heart that has to be brought into reality. And you can't sit still till this is birthed in you. You know, it has to come out. It has to be given life. An idea, a vision, a thought, a dream, whatever it may be, it has to be, be brought to fruition. It's not accidental. You're not here by accident. You're here on purpose. And you have an eternal purpose described and prescribed by God. He says he's called you. You have divine destiny. It's not just accidents. And so so many times in our world, we want to establish significance by what we surround ourselves with, you know. We want to feel important by, we think that importance comes from the stuff we have. Like if I have the Gucci bag, you know, if I have the five bedroom house, if I have the nice Audi car, the Mercedes, the BMW, that makes me important. And so, so, many, so much of our time is spent trying to accumulate stuff to make us feel significant. But our significance does not come from the accumulation of stuff. Our significance comes from the fact that God has given us purpose and He's called you. That's what makes you important. That God knows you by name. That you are significant because He has created you for purpose. And you have in you a divine destiny. God has called you to that. It can be replaced by stuff. And if you know anything about celebrities, some of them have millions of dollars, but they're still not happy. They have planes and cars and mansions in different cities, but they still sometimes overdose on drugs. They still have loneliness and pain. They're trying to run away from all these things because stuff can't fulfill purpose. No matter how much you have. And the more you chase after stuff, the more you think it's going to fulfill your life, the more you think clothes and and TVs and houses and cars are going to fill your life, you'll find the hole is just going to get bigger. Bigger because it'll never satisfy you. It'll never complete you. It'll never fulfill what you're called to do. Because you weren't created to get stuff. You were created for a greater purpose. And that's what you're called to do. So the question that most of us probably have is, well, how do I know what I'm called to do? What does God really call me to do? Great for you. You're standing up on the platform and you're speaking to us. But what about me sitting right here? I don't know what I'm called to do. I might be struggling with this. And again, culture comes into so much of our modern way of life. You know, it's about the Instagram. It's about the TikTok. If I can get influence here, if I can get followers here, if I can, you know, get my side hustle going, if I can do all this stuff, somehow if people like me, then I'm important. But none of that is true. You know that. Deep down, if you're an adult, as a kid, you might have these inflated dreams of saying, well, if everyone likes me, I'll be happy. But you know, it doesn't matter how many people in the world like you, doesn't mean that's going to buy you happiness. Because there's something greater than that. 
And so there's this, this misrepresentation of this word calling in our life. We think we're called to be, you know, Instagram supporters. We're called to have this great job. We're called to do this thing. But none of that is true from a biblical point of view. None of it's true from a scriptural point of view. And so I want to talk about the reclamation of the word calling this morning. You know, what is the word calling? What is God actually saying to us when he says, I've called you? Right? And you, to look into that... It comes from the Greek word, if some of you might not know, the, most of the New Testament was written in Greek. And so sometimes we have words lost in translation. We lose the significance of what it really means. For example, you know, we will use the word love, but in scripture there's different words for love. There's three different words for love. Agape, you know, philios, eros, which mean different things, which we're not going to get into right now. But I want to talk about this word calling. In fact, the word calling comes from this Greek word and it has 16 other root words that it spreads off into. It comes, kelio is actually the root word. It means called. It has 16 other things that actually come out of it or it's called from. There's kleos, which means calling. There's kletos, which means called. There's parakleti, which means comforter. You know, the Holy Spirit is called parakletos, which means he is the comforter, right? There's a parakletos, which is our advocate and intercessor. And there's ecclesia, which is what we commonly refer to as a church, but they're the assembly of believers. They are the called out ones. And we are the ecclesia because we're the called out ones. God has called us out into something greater. You are called by God. You know, and so often we think, well, am I going to miss my calling? Am I going to fall short? Am I marrying the right person? Am I involved in the right job? Maybe I'm missing this whole thing. What am I really supposed to be doing? And what I want to talk about is it's so important for you to understand this. There's a big difference, a huge difference, a, a monumental difference, in fact, to understand this part. Calling is about who you are and not what you do. Calling is about who you are and not what you do. So often we get the things reversed. We think it's all about we are defined by what we do, but that's not how God looks at it. That's not how scriptures actually expound it. We are called to be someone, and out of that someone we become and do what God has called us to do. We can't get that reversed. We can't do something and then think that we're called to do it. We have to be who before we do. It's a who before you do, right? And here's another scripture that Paul writes again as he gives us some new understanding. He says this in 2 Timothy. For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. The first calling, not to do, but to be. For God has saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from the very beginning of time. To show us his grace through Christ Jesus. So before you do, you have to be. Before you try to do something, you have to know who you are. Because that's the root, as I talked about. That's the foundation. If your plant is not rooted in the right kind of soil, it will never produce the right kind of fruit. 
So if your roots are deep, if your roots are strong, then you will produce naturally. See, a fruit tree doesn't sit there and go, I really want to produce fruit. I really want to do this. It automatically produces fruit if it's planted in the right soil. If it's given the right nourishment, it's a natural function, as Vanessa said. It's a natural thing of what a tree does. It produces fruit. It doesn't have to try and force itself to produce fruit. It produces it because of the soil it has been planted in. And that's what Paul is trying to say. If you know who you are, if you discover what God has called you first and foremost to be like him, then you will naturally do what you're called to do and not get that thing reversed. You know, maybe some of you might be thinking, well, what am I called to do? Maybe I'm called to do a missionary to Asia or someone like that. Maybe I'm called to preach and to teach. And maybe I'm called to be a professional gamer. Isn't that an awesome job? I don't know how that came along, but there's apparently people that play professionally and get paid for it. Well, I know the sports athletes that get, play a game and get paid for it. But hey, whatever floats your boat, I guess. <laughs> but... Just because you do something doesn't mean that's what you're called to, right? See, the scripture tells us that the Holy Spirit has called us to be set apart. And set apart means, and the word ecclesia means called out. So God has called us out. Called us out of what? Right? We ask, what are you called out of? You're called out of your old nature. You're called out of your old lifestyle. You're called out of the world into his holy calling which is to be separated from where everything is done naturally. You're called to live a life to please Him. First and foremost, that's what he says. Live a life that's pleasing to God. Live a life, a holy life. Holy means separated. And it doesn't just mean spiritual. Right? Oftentimes we get these things mixed up. It doesn't just mean spiritual because anything can be holy. You have a set of dinner plates at home. They can be holy. You know why? Because you only bring them out for special occasions. That means, holy means separated for a particular purpose. So you know, this is not your everyday plate, dinner plates you use every day. No, these are special ones you have when visitors come over and you set the table and the lights are dim and the plates are all nice and shiny. This is holy because it's separated for a particular use. So when God says, be a holy people, he says, I'm calling you out of what regular use into my particular calling. I've separated you for my particular use. That's what he's saying. It doesn't just mean I'm super spiritual. It means separated for God's purpose, set apart. And so the scriptures never talk about being called as a career. It always talks about being called to live a life used by God. Not a profession, not a career, but to be separated for God's purpose. And so, what am I called to do? Well, the better question is, what am I called to become? It's not what am I called to do, it's what am I called to become? Because when you become what God's called you to do, you'll automatically begin to do what you're called to do. Right? So, if a calling is only about doing, there's a lot of confusion because we can fill our lives with doing a bunch of stuff and we think somehow we're doing something to please God, but we're not living a life to please God. So we might be up here on a platform talking about something, but behind the scene, we're doing things that are not in line with what God has called us to do. So it's not just about doing, it's about becoming 
what God has called us to. So I can stand up here and preach, but then I can go home and talk bad to my wife. I can stand up here and sing, but I'm back at home talking bad about someone and gossiping about someone. So it's not what I'm doing, it's what I'm becoming. I'm called to live a life that God has called me to, that's pleasing to Him. See, that's the problem. We are often called to do many things in our life. Is my life only called to preach? No, I'm, I'm called to be a good husband. You're called to be a good mother. You're called to be a good father. You're called to be a good learner. You're called to be a good example. There's so many different things. We can't pigeonhole ourselves into one particular do when God has called us to become like Him. So it's not just about doing stuff for God. God's not interested in you doing stuff for Him. He's interested in you having transformation in your life to become like Him and not to do stuff in parity or like Him. It's so much different. You see, if we're just called to do, then it doesn't matter who we are. If we're called to just do something, then it doesn't matter if I can live in integrity or I can live an example. It doesn't matter what I'm called to be if I, it's all about doing something. That's why the scripture starts with the foundation. Understand who you are supposed to become. And when you will become what God wants you to, you will automatically find what you are called to do. So stop searching after trying to do. Understand what God has called you to become. If we are, we are called to be people of integrity as much as we are called to do things with integrity. It's not just doing stuff. Again, it's about becoming. Calling isn't about, you know, just stepping up and saying, I want to do this. Calling isn't about something important you do in the future. It's about your faithfulness to Jesus in the present. I'll repeat that. Calling isn't something you do in the future. It's about your faithfulness to Jesus in the present. Living the way he's asked you to live. And again, Paul, who's bringing us this wonderful insight, he says to the people in, in the Colossian church, he says this, And whatever you do, whether it's in word or deed, whether you speak or you live, that's what he's saying, no matter how you speak or how you live, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Giving thanks to God the Father through him. In whatever you do, why does Paul say in whatever you do? whether it's in word or deed. And then he continues on, because he's saying, but we talked about not doing, but he's saying this, do it all in the name of Jesus Christ. Do it in the likeness of. As you do in the likeness of, you become like Christ. As you're following in Jesus' footsteps, as you're walking like him, as you talk like him, as you behave like him, you're taking on the character of who Jesus is. You're taking on the likeness of Christ. So you're becoming like Jesus. And when you become like Jesus, you begin to do like Jesus. You don't have to think about doing. And so we are called to be obedient to God first in our lives. That's our first calling. Be obedient to Christ. Because this is what he said. If you love me, keep my commandments. You can't say you profess to love him and do things that he doesn't like. Right? Imagine this. You come home 
and you tell your wife or your spouse or your husband, honey, I love you. I love you so much. You're the greatest person ever. You're so good. But then you go out and you call your girlfriend or your boyfriend right after. Or you say, I love you so much, and then you're at someone else's house. Do you, is that love? doesn't matter what you say. It's what you do. It's what you're becoming. How can we say we love God, but then we don't do anything to please Him? God, I love you, but you know what? I'm going to go do this thing on the side. Don't look at it. My side hustle. I love you. Thank you for all you do for me, but I'm not really thankful for you. I'm not going to be generous to you, but I love you. I love you, God, but I'm not really going to serve you because what's the point? I have other things to do in my life. Paul says, whatever you do or say, do it in the name of Christ. So it's not about just doing. It's about becoming like Jesus, right? Here's an example. If you want to be a leader, Jesus says, do what? Learn how to serve. If you want to be first, put yourself last. Because the disciples, they often fought with one another. They said, you know, I want to be first, Jesus. I want to be the greatest. I want to sit on your left hand. I want to sit on your right hand. I want to be important in your eyes. One time Jesus asked them to do something. He sent two disciples to do this amazing task. It was the most important task ever. You're thinking, really? What did they get to do? Well, Mark, who's actually Peter, tells us this. Jesus says to them in Mark 11, Go into that village over there, he told them. As soon as you, as soon as you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden on. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks what you're doing, just say, the Lord needs it and will return it soon. Hold on. Wait a minute. Is that, is that an important task? Go fetch a donkey? But I want to go out there and preach to the people. I want to go out there and heal these people. I want to do these marvelous things that you're doing, Jesus. And you're sending us to get a donkey? Could you find someone else to do that? We're the disciples. We're the 12, you know. There's other people that are hanging around here. Just send them off. They can do it. Why do we have to do it? We are the important ones. But that's what he says. Go out there and get this donkey. Leave what I'm asking you to do or the important things that you think you should be doing and go off and get these donkeys. Right? You are on donkey duty today. Do you think the disciples would have been happy? Like, awesome. We're going to have to go and get this smelly animal. Drag it because if you know anything about donkeys, they don't really want to do what you ask them to do. There's a lot of pulling and pushing involved. Go grab this donkey and bring it. But what about the fame? What about the recognition? What about hanging around with you while all the crowds come along? Why are you sending off to do donkey duty behind the scenes? That's not important. Anyone can do that. The size of your assignment never determines the significance of your impact. 
the size of your assignment does not determine the significance of your impact. The disciples were about to learn this lesson. You see, there was a little shepherd boy who lived in the middle of the wilderness that no one wandered around because he smelled like sheep and he was the last of the brothers. But God told him to go out and face down a giant. And he did that. In fact, it wasn't even the fact that God told him to go there. It was his father, if you remember correctly, who decided that he wanted to take a cheese platter to his brothers. And the father said, here, take these cheeses and go to your brother on the battle line. Because they're doing important work out there. And you're the furry boy that's going to go take them this delicious you know, supply of cheeses. But that small task turned out to be a significant impact in the history of Israel. David became the first, and well not the first, the greatest king of Israel to this day. There was another little boy running around where Jesus was preaching, you know, and then they grabbed his lunch. The disciples grabbed his lunch. He had some fish and bread. They grabbed it off him because they were they're trying to figure out how to feed all these 5,000 people. He didn't bring it to feed 5,000. He brought it to feed himself. But in Christ's hands, it fed 5,000. One small little thing that he thought he was taking care of turned out to be a marvelous miracle in the hands of Christ that fed 5,000. Never underestimate your assignment. Because no matter how small it is, it can have a huge impact. In fact, these disciples... They brought this donkey and Christ rode this donkey into what we call as Palm Sunday, into Jerusalem where he's about to die. And they worshipped Christ saying, Hail the King. It was a significant event in the life of Jesus. He was the King of Kings, he was the Lord of Lords and he was entering triumphantly into Jerusalem. Displaying... He wasn't coming at pomp and ceremony. He was coming as a lowly king riding a donkey. Not with all the pomp and ceremony of chariots and all these things. Two disciples delivered the donkey that carried Jesus to his calling. And his calling brought you and I here this morning. His sacrifice on the cross allowed for you and I to be here right now. But those two disciples had no idea. They thought it was just some smelly donkey duty. But they learned the significance of the assignment. So it's not about trying to do, but about finding out what God has called you to become. And whatever the assignment is, whatever the small task is, whatever it, it might seem menial in your eyes, it might seem insignificant in your eyes, but whatever God has called you to do is going to impact someone somewhere. And maybe you won't even see it in your lifetime, but there is transformation that's going to occur in your life and those around you when you're obedient to what God has called us to do. And that is to become like Him first and foremost. To have roots planted in God.
Maybe some of you, it's just being a good friend. Maybe some of you, it's just being a loving husband. Because when you go through difficult situations, maybe it's you just being a passionate and patient wife, doing something without credit, giving someone something, showing up in a community event, supporting someone in a difficult situation, giving someone a meal, calling someone, texting someone, whatever it is, no matter how insignificant it feels for you, the assignment is important. Because it's taking on the character of Christ. It might be small in your eyes, but it can have a huge impact. Our service in the church, our service in the community, our service to our loved ones, our service at different things. Sometimes we think that God doesn't call us to succeed in business, but He does. He gave you the idea. Just because you're succeeding in business does not mean that you're doing something bad. Maybe that's what God has called you to do. Because as you succeed, you can give generously to others and help others in the community and in the church. That's just as important. Understand what you are doing and becoming. To be like Christ. It's important that we build our relationship with Him. That we live a life of integrity in ourselves to be like Him. It's important that we're faithful because that's what Christ says. Christ doesn't say, you know, you've done all these awesome jobs. No, He says, well done, good and faithful servant. It's about the faithfulness. It's about being and Becoming like him, that's what's important. It's not about how much you do, it's about what he's called you to do. You can't replace quantity with calling. You can't say, I've done all these things. In fact, the scripture says, Lord, we've done this in your name and that in your name and done these marvelous things and healed and does all these things. And Christ says to them, depart from me, I know you not. Why? It's not about the quantity, it's about what you've been assigned to do. That's how it works. What has God called you to do? God is more concerned with who you are becoming than what you are doing. Even if it's donkey duty, do it for the glory of God. Not called to be important, we're called to be faithful. Faithful first, and that will make you significant later. So I'll remind you again of what Paul says in Ephesians. He says, therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you, beseech you, plead with you, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. That has never been in doubt. It's not disputable. You all, every single one of you, if you put your faith in God, you have been called by God. Now, live a life worthy of that calling. Live a life to become like Him. Have solid roots that will produce good fruit. So stop focusing on trying to do and start becoming what Christ has called you to do. And then you'll automatically be doing what you're called to do. Leave you with two questions as I always do. Number one, how can I spend time this week discovering how to lead a life worthy of my calling? What can you do this week 
to spend some time discovering how to lead a life worthy of your calling. Maybe it's reading what Paul wrote in Ephesians and Colossians. Maybe it's taking an extra five minutes in your day and spending time talking to him, saying, God, reveal to me, speak into my life. Maybe it's spending time with someone else and saying, hey, I'm struggling to find out what I'm supposed to do. What qualities do you see in me that you feel are important, that you might see something? Spend some time with men and women of God that can encourage you. Or maybe you can be an encouragement to someone else. What can you do this week? And as we said last week, these questions are to help something in your week. They should be portable. You take them away. You open them up. You spend time discovering, and God will begin to speak into your life. Number two, how can I build a closer walk with God each day? What is it that you can do in your busy week? And we're all busy. We all have stuff to do. We all have so many things to do. Go from one place to the other. Cook, clean, pay bills. All this stuff, all of us, all of us do it all the time. This hasn't changed from the beginning of the world. It's going to be there all the time. But how can you carve out an opportunity? How can you take a little bit of time, whether it's one minute, as I said last week, whether it's two minutes, maybe it's at the beginning of the day, maybe it's at the end of the day before you go to bed. Develop a pattern of building a relationship with him. Maybe when you're driving to work, you have spent an hour in the car. How about taking some time as you drive to have a conversation? Maybe you're sitting on a train, going to school or whatever. Opportunity. You know? Having your morning coffee. Take a few seconds. Have a conversation. There's so many opportunities for us to do that in our world if we just recognize it. So Transformers, I want to challenge you to continue to become what God called to transform your life Transform the church, transform the world. Let's stand. Before we close, I want you to turn to two people and tell them you're called by God. Come on, tell them you're called by God. Someone needs to hear that. You're called by God. You're called by God. That's never been in dispute. Never been in doubt. It's whether we do and follow up with that is important. So as we move ahead, as we build, as we continue to move in different places as a church, as individuals, as a community, let's continue to encourage one another. Let's continue to uplift one another. Let's continue to be there for one another. Encourage them and when they're going through a difficult time. So we can be encouraged when we go through a difficult time. It's so important. As transformers, we become transformers. That's why we're called transform. We transform our lives, the people around us. And ultimately, we give all glory to God. Because He is the ultimate one that does the major transformation. In our hearts, and our minds, and our lives. Amen. So let's pray together.
Father, we give you thanks and glory this morning. We honor you and we worship you. We uplift you and we make you significant in our own eyes. You're already significant. It's not that you become greater when we turn our attention to you. You're always great. But Lord, when we turn our attention to you, we recognize that you are the all-encompassing, powerful God of the universe who's able to do all things but fail, who can direct us, counsel us, uplift us, strengthen us. And Father, as you said through your Apostle Paul, let us live a life worthy of our calling. It's not about the size of the assignment. It's about how obedient we are in the assignment. It's about what we're called to become. We're called to transform from the inside out. Help us journey through this world, through this life, through this season to be pleasing to you in all that we do and say. In everything, let's honor you, lift you up put you as the priority of our focus and our life. I pray for our church. I pray for those that haven't been able to make it out this Sunday as well. Where they're on the job. There's many of them that are sick. We're praying for them as well. We pray for our community. We pray for all the amazing things that you're going to be doing in the midst of us. And we will see and we will glorify you. In us and through us, we thank you, Lord. Thank you for our family here. Thank you for the family watching online. Thank you for all that you're doing in this place. We lift you up one more time. We give you praise and thanks. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Put your hands together. Hello again. And thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.